Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. You ready? Jeremiah 3.15. This, God's talking to people that are stuck, okay? But... What he says to him is this, simply, I will give you shepherds. And then he said something phenomenal. He said, I will give you pastors. I will give you elders. I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Underline that, highlight that, write that down. According to my heart is what God says. Who will feed you, listen, with knowledge and understanding. I'll tell you what I've I'm 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 probably a slow I'm probably slow to the switch here, but most of the media, most of the 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 news of the world, most of the dialogue, most of the narrative of the world, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. You, you can't do the math. I can't connect the dots. You know why? Because it's not intended to be the source of our understanding. The source of our understanding is the preaching of God's word. Listen. In and over our lives. See, every song that you sang, I, it was interesting. I thought, you know what? If I just got up and, and they, they put the lyrics to the songs up and I just, I just read those lyrics aloud, guess what? It's going to bring understanding to your life. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just amazing how, what God is doing in this place. And, and, and I'm telling you, God's going to appoint, God's going to place shepherds in your life to help give you the knowledge and understanding that you need. Listen, this is not just intuitive. There's an aspect that we hear God's voice on the inside, that inner voice, that it feels like it's just intuition. But I'm telling you, that intuition's got to sound like God or it's not him. And what sounds like God is his word. Do you understand? The Bible says that there's angelic hosts. I believe there's angels all about this, this room. And they're here to deliver and to form, to, to, to bring the, 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 oh, I gotta, that, that are going to bring God's word to pass. But then there's angels that are here that, because it's freaking them out. Because when I just read Jeremiah 3.15, they saw me. And it sounded like God. See, when, when, when God promised that he'd make man and woman in his image, his image is that we're going to sound like him. So, so everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth has to, has to, there's no response. It's a reaction to God's voice. It's like, wait, wait a second, this is God's voice. So when I speak the word in season and out of season, the power of God's word, that God promises that, that it will not return void of power. That's what God promises. It's pivotal for us to trust the people God's given us as gifts. The pastors, the elders, the overseers, people in our lives to deliver the truth, listen, as knowledge and understanding, it's pivotal. It's pivotal that you sit somewhere in the service where you're not going to be distracted. I know, let me tell you, my flesh won't sit in the back at church. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, I want to. But let me tell you, you're invariably going to 
See some woman rubbing her husband's head and stuff, and you're going, would you guys get a freaking, what are you doing at church? You can't be rubbing that bald head at church. This is grossing me out, dog. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just be real, you know. But why are you here tonight? Let me just tell you, one reason is Leviticus 6.12. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. See, what you're offered here at church, it's real simple, is this is an altar. There's got to be a fire on this altar so that people can bring the product of their life to that altar. See, so much of our thinking isn't right because of what's taking up space in our lives that we're not bringing to the altar. And that's why it's vital to keep the fire burning. That's why it's vital to, uh, you're, collecting you're, you're collecting information all day, every day. I mean, it's, it's constant. It's information overflow. So much so that there's very little understanding and very little knowledge. See, but what do we do with all that information? I'll tell you what we do. Hebrews 12, 25. See that you don't refuse him who speaks. For if they didn't escape, if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him or, or the word of God who speaks from heaven, whose voice then, then shook the earth. Here's what it's interesting. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we're thinking it's the narrative of the world that's shaken everything. What if, it's the, what if the writer of Hebrews is right? What if he's saying, look, this voice of heaven is shaking everything on the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace, God's power, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Hebrews 20, 1229 is thrown right in the middle of that. For our God is a consuming fire. Ephesians 4 is so rich in truth, in bringing forth the importance of us walking in unity and the distribution of spiritual gifts, that we're, we're new men and new women, incorruptibly made by 
the hand of God and how to stay in lockstep with the Holy Spirit, never to grieve the Holy Spirit. But Ephesians 4.27, there it is right there in the middle of it again. It says, it states, to give no place to the devil. Our God is a consuming fire. And when we take the product of our lives to him, to his altar, what's righteous fruit is purified, gold, silver, and precious stones, and what's not is consumed. I, that, 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 that frees us up from sin, from the burden of sin. It frees us up from the torment of guilt. There's so many Christians that are dealing with the, tor- the guilt. It's tormenting. They, they're still dealing with maybe not sin, but the burden of sin, the weight of sin. With God, there is a covenant of forgiveness. With God, there's a covenant of commitment. With God, there's a covenant of loyalty. Do you understand? God is, God forgives us and God is committed to us. There's no way out for God now in my life. He's taking responsibility for me. So now he's going to lead and guide me on all truth. How? Because he's given me his Holy Spirit and he just wants me just to listen and obey his spirit. And then a covenant of loyalty. He's never going to reject me. See, what we've got to do is we've got to base our communion with God on his covenant. And, and the thing we don't, we don't think about enough or we don't rely upon enough, this is a blood covenant. This is a life-for-life life exchange that God's done for us. Remember, the salvation is a life-for-life life exchange. That's the salvation God's given us. See, so whatever you're carrying... Good, bad, or indifferent, we take to the altar, the place where we meet with our God. And you know what? God's word becomes that consuming fire for that altar. And then the righteous fruit of our lives is just purified. It's, it's pride, it becomes, it be, pure metals are almost priceless. It's like flawless diamonds. It's, it's pure gold, it's pure silver, it's pure precious. But then everything else, what happens? It gets consumed. So now you don't carry the weight of that unrighteous fruit of your life. The gossip, the backbiting, the slandering, the, the, the disobedience to parents, the, the wrath, the anger, the murdering, the the lust, the greed, whatever it is. We carry that stuff around and we try to lift our hands and worship God and we try to submit ourselves to God and we try to give our money and we try to make it work. And the bottom line is this, unless we go to that altar and that consuming fire of God, but let me tell you, that's the responsibility of leadership in the kingdom is to keep that fire burning hot. Every time we come in here, we give you an opportunity to give your life to God to make Jesus the Lord of your life. To, and then, you know what? Maybe to be developed as a disciple. See, I've got a responsibility to make disciples. 
And let me tell you, the repercussive impact of the kingdom doesn't stop with making disciples. It's not for us four and no more. The repercussive impact of the kingdom, the multiplication of the kingdom, is that we develop disciples who make disciples. Now your home becomes a disciple factory. Let me tell you, that's what this church is. You know, we've been soul winners for 30, over 30 years. It's like six or 700,000 documented salvations in this church. And you know, it's like, well, that's great, except for I found, I heard a guy, a guy today in the mission field that's 101 years old, this guy had, has started 6,000 churches. I'm like, oh, because I'm competitive. <laughs> I remember my friend, Willie George, called his youth ministry 180. And I was at a pastor's deal, and he looked at me, and he said, Bill, what's your youth ministry called? I said, 181. <laughs> Today, right now, it's 181. But, but see, we look at this, and it's like, we've got to make disciples, and it doesn't stop there. We have to make disciples who make disciples. And that's, that's what you coming to church, that's what this is. It's line upon line, it's precept upon precept. It's another brick in the wall. God's building us as living stones to be disciple makers. Well, you look at it, man, to be a disciple, shoot. Man, I've, I've, got, I've got pages of notes now because I want to know what I'm offering to people, what a disciple really is. Because I think, honestly, we could probably just go door to door to churches and say, what's your definition of this disciple? And it would be a tangled mess. But what's the scriptural definition of a disciple? That's what we've got to make. And, and we just get more and more like him. And the covenant of our life is, I don't know where, what's God's and what's mine. I don't know where, how to differentiate it. It's all his and it's all mine. See, that's what God's done. I, I gave him my life and he took it and it was worthless. And he didn't leave me the empty. He gave me his life. God gave me initially, God gave me more than enough. Do you understand in June of 1979, since then, I have wanted for nothing. That's what's shocking about this life. I've lived, I'm, I'm like needless. Whatever independently wealthy is, that's probably what I am. Because I, all my needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now listen, let me, let me just pause with that. Which was also with, in Christ Jesus. The action is God to man, not man to God. Jesus Christ, the action is man to God. So let this mind be in you, which was also in the action being God to man. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, how are we in the form of God? His word is in us. It's in our hearts, it's in our mouths. That's what makes us in the form of God. How did, how did, what did, how did light happen? Light be, God said it.
thought it not robbery to be equal with God. See, I go back. There's a, there's a world, there, there's, a, there's an earthly level, a natural level that we can live on. The level of that, that natural level, we can't ever continue on that level and not either be pulled down or lifted up. And honestly, it's whatever we put our aim at. If we're aiming up, we're going up. If we're aiming down, we're going down. And naming, if we, if, if, if we have this passive, passive aggression as believers, which I think is the, is the trap for most people, we're going to get pulled down. Life's going to suck. But let me tell you, when we look up where our help comes from, when God becomes the lifter of my head, when, man, look up. But God, I'm, I'm, I'm all alone. What it, if God, the way God does anything is the way he does everything. The man of God said, God, please show him. And, and the servant lifted his head, and he's like, dear God, there's more with us than there are with them. And that's, that's the allies of your life. But listen, that's also the resource of your life. See, what most people stumble with in the church is provision. It's because it's errant vision. Provision always follows vision. Man, do you have a vision to pay off your house? Well, what do you, what do, you do with a vision? You write it down. You make it plain. What do you do then? You call upon God. You put a demand on his promise. You put God in remembrance of his word. Man, see, see, too many people, church people, religious people, they'll say, I can't put a demand on God. I'm putting a demand on his promise, man. Well, what, I got to remind God? No, yes, that's it. He said, look, put me in remembrance of my word. Put me in remembrance of my promise. Man, there's been, there's been ample amount of opportunities that the shears have had to say, hey, God, remember, you're the healer. God, remember that you'll withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. God, that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us of our destructions ample times. And then you know what? Don't budge. Because see, here's the deal. The, 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 the posture that we have to take in life, generally, specifically, day in and day out, is this. You guys ready to write? Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, Sheer, you're just closed-minded. No, I'm not. I'm very open-minded. I just know what my mind is set upon. I'm steadfast. I am going to trust God's promise. I'm immovable. I am not looking left or right. I'm not looking for an easy way out. I don't want to skip a dadgum step. I want to hit every single step. Because that, that puts the line upon line and precept upon precept into play. Please keep this as simple as I intended to give it to, give it to you. God's very best is this far from you. Watch. Yeah, but my wife's suffering a diagnosis. I get it. Man, a dear friend of mine, I, heard, I got a call that he, he had a diagnosis of something horrendous. You know what I did? I gripped my dead gum teeth and I said, devil, 
you're a liar. You take your hands off of this God's property. He's a believer in Jesus, and he's a friend of mine. God, I thank you. You're the healer. God, I ask you to send laborers to cross this path and minister the uncompromised truth. What's the uncompromised truth? Lay hands on the sick and they recover. What's the uncompromised truth? He called for the elders of the church to anoint you with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick every time. No matter what. See, that's the life we have to live, that no matter what life. Well, God, I don't know if I'll be able to make it through this quarter of the year. Man, this is a tough quarter for our business. Stop saying that. God, I thank you for more than enough in my business. God, I thank you that payroll's easy. God, I thank you the bottom line is easy. God, I call my business to be in the black and out of the red in Jesus' name. How's it going to happen? I don't know. That, that's really not in my purview. I'm just telling you, it's not, listen, it's not going to happen. Once you speak it, it's happened. So now, you know what? Everything's turning in your behalf. Everything's turning in your favor. This life has turned in my favor in Jesus' name. My marriage has turned into my favor, my wife's favor. My kids are going to serve you and fulfill your purpose and have married the right people. Why? Because I said so. Well, what does the word say? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Do your kids matter? Do your children matter? How much? Man, I'll tell you what. I'd, old Robert stood at the funeral of his son and said, God, I've, I've done this, all this for all these people. And I've lost my own son. Sandy and I hadn't even met yet, and we both heard him say that, and both of us made a decision that is never going to come out of our mouth. So you know what? Every single day, our kids are little. They're babies. We lay hands on them. God, I thank you. They fulfill your purpose and marry the right person. All the rest is details. You want them to be scholars. You want them to be athletes. You want them to be inventors. Whatever. Pick it. But what I'm not negotiating is they're going to fulfill your purpose, God, and they're going to marry the right person. I'm done. You guys are amazing. You really... I'm like a dog barking at cars. I'm just up here ranting. I'm just, I go in a rant and then send you home. It's like, dear God, I hope you got something out of it. If you're here and your life's not right with God, or you're here and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to lift your hand right now. Just, lift, just wherever you are, I want to pray for you right where you are. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Just lift your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Just say, man, I want to, I want to get my life right with God. Anybody else? It's no way to live your life if it's not right with God. I'm telling you, and this is your day to turn around. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand. If you haven't raised your hand yet, you're, what are you, like impatient, all frustrated? Like, come on, man. Is that what you were doing? It was. What's your name? Justin? Well, don't be so mean, Dustin. <laughs> Justin? Matter of fact, you come up here. I'm going to pray with you right here. Come on. Everybody else raise your hand. Come up here. Come to the altar. If you raise your hand, hurry up. Hurry up, I don't have all day. Come on, you raised your hand to, give, to get your life right with God. Just come up here with me and my new best friend, Justin. How long have you been growing that beard, Justin? 
Hawaii, yeah. It's patchy. Yeah, mine's white. I grow my beard, and my wife accused me of looking like a hobo. I said, there aren't even any, are hobos still, are they still out there? I don't even know. If you raise your hand, come on down here. We don't have all day. Don't, don't chicken out on us. How old are you? You're 10. I know you're kind. All right. It's about time you made it up here. You doing good? What's your name? Hi, Bill Shear. You want to be on the team? You want to be on the team? Because let me tell you what Guts is. It's, come on. Guts is recess. Okay? Do you want some scripture for that? Do you guys want scripture for that? Yeah. Jesus said, I didn't pick, I didn't, you didn't pick me, I picked you. Jesus is picking you right now at recess. You liked recess, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you like science class? So what, what didn't you like? Oh, math. It wasn't your thing? <laughs> I'm starting to like him. How do, how do you do? I'm, I'm Bill. Hi, Stacy. Is there anybody else you think? Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking there's, there's another one, okay? Plus, my, um, my OCD's kicking in. And there's more on this side than on this side. We need one more. On the, no, you stay where you are. We can't rig this thing. My, o, my OCD is a link to the Holy Spirit. So if you're, hey, listen, if, if there's one more, you need to get your life right with God. We got a spot for you right here. Please hurry up. Hurry up. We don't have all day. Hustle up. That's amazing you did this because you, you, you grit your teeth and said, I'm not doing it. I'm not going up there. I don't want to do it. And look, you're here. Is that awesome? Are you guys kin? Friends? Well, that's kin, daughter and mom. Are you from Broken Arrow? That tickle you? Let's all pray. I need some help with these guys. And really, they need some help with me. <laughs> so, so help's on the way. Okay, that's good news. Huh? Um, God, we love you and praise you. Everybody in the room, let's all pray together. Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm trusting you, God. I mean it. I'm trusting you with everything. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I'm going to heaven. My sin's forgiven. I'm a child of the King. My life will never be the same. God, you're, you're amazing. God, thank you for this night that you picked me tonight. I'm following Jesus now. I love you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.